Hello and welcome to Data Driven. In this episode, Frank and Andy reflect on the year that 2022. It was quite the year for all of us here at Data Driven Media, both personally and professionally. I mean yours truly finally has a visual appearance, so there's that. Now here are Frank and Andy. All right, so that uppity little techno uh, mix song uh is uh <laughs> uh uh the little new pre-roll that we do and i might change it up a bit because i've been playing around with some new graphics and and stuff like that and um as well as some really cool um stuff that i've been doing with chat gpt um which um you know it's funny because i'm gonna pull up some graphics is that um what what the year started with so it's been a wild year, right? So like for both of us, both professionally and personally, like in good ways and in bad ways, like it's been kind of like a thing, but I am most proud of how we both have kind of handled the changes and kind of rolled with the punches. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, for us, for me anyway, like, and I know you do this too, is that, you know, I, I celebrate new years on November 1st and um, <clears throat> this year I have a, a wall calendar. And I've actually had the entire year marked out. And according to this, I might need to get my glasses, but it's like 306 days until November 1st. Just, just saying. That sounds right. Um, <clears throat> but um, so it's been an interesting year. And I think that um, for me, I just, I'm just fascinated with how far uh, creative AI has gotten. When I say creative AI, uh, what I'm referring to is um, I'm looking for old examples. I can't yeah. seem to find any on this computer. When I say creative AI, I mean stuff like this. Here we go. Um, and I'm not sharing my screen. I just realized that. <laughs> so what happens? You go on a cruise and kind of your brain cells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it was awesome. The cruise was nice. A um, little bit of seasickness in the family, um, which kind of ruined it. But, you know, for the yeah. most part, it was, it was our, all of our first cruise. And it was fascinating because you stay in one place, but the, it's like being in a hotel that moves. And, right. you know, it was, you know, you, we, we left from Baltimore and ultimately made it to the Bahamas. So nice. You know, the first day we shopped in, stopped in Charleston, and then the second day was um, Cape Canaveral, Florida. Hmm. So it went from being like really cold to warm to nice and warm. And then we went to the Bahamas. It was super nice. Um, yeah. And um, we ended up uh, getting to Freeport, and there's like a whole touristy trap thing there, and like getting a cab to like anything near or you had to pay for the, the cruise line to do the excursion, which are very expensive. Uh, so we cool. just walked to like the nearest beach and it was an interesting walk. I may, I may write it. Or I took a lot of pictures cause it was just a very surreal kind of experience. And I got bit by fire ants. What? Um, got bit by fire ants. You did not tell me that. No, I forgot to tell you. Um, and I'd never been bit by fire ants, so I didn't know what to expect. Like, first I thought I stepped on a rock, and then I'm like, oh, I must have stepped on a lot of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Frank. And um, no. so, yeah, so I ended up, like, my foot started blowing up, and I'm, like, freaking out. So we head back to the boat, and 
Oh I'm like goodness. looking on my phone, like, uh, which was nice because T-Mobile, you don't get internet. Well, I'll find out when the bill comes. But according to what T-Mobile text messaged me, uh, I'm not going to get, um, you know, an extra bill for that, even though technically, you know, it is another country. So we'll see what happens. Um, right. So then I'm like, oh, my God. So I kind of took a shower right away, like rinsed it off. And um, and then I was Googling on the phone and I saw, like, if you put vinegar on it. So I ran to, like, the, the upstairs restaurant poured like a cup full of vinegar and then then put it on there and then it the burning and the itching stopped right away oh that's good like it was just amazing i was just like because when you get bit by something new like you don't know like hmm do i have an allergy yeah. to it we'll find out <laughs> but at first like the way it was like blowing off i'm like oh my god that's crazy so but, one know. of our linkedin users said happy mm -hmm. new year guys i can't see who it is i was actually hey. showing off my my rooster hair it's what happens when you don't take a shower and i'm you know kind of kind of slumming it today i even shaved. I haven't taken this. a shower yet i haven't shaved either um but <laughs> i was over there looking to see who it was uh, so it's it's just saying linkedin loser uh, not loser oh god and user that was a bad horrible faux pas apologies but happy new year uh to you two whoever you are theories it only it happens to one of three people it's going to happen to to Saduki, um, mm -hmm. Nanos, or um, or Rupesh. That that's tends to be who that messes up. And I'm and not... none of them are losers. No, they're awesome people. Like, they're awesome. They're all, all of them are awesome. Yeah. One of them is the next Steve Jobs, and he he always gets embarrassed when I mention that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're also going to record this and put this on the podcast too, because the podcast production schedule has been since reinvent reinvent. So 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 kind of like. Um, and, and, and this isn't complaining, right? I mean, it's been all things aside, this has been an epic year, right? Like yes. it, it didn't start off great, you yes. know, because, <clears throat> um, last Christmas I gave you my heart. No, <laughs> sorry. Couldn't let that go. Um, <laughs> so last Christmas, um, I have five dogs, right? I had five dogs last year too. And, um, Christmas day, like Christmas Eve. Uh, no, it was Christmas Day. I come downstairs and because one of the dogs was kind of like 15 and kind of he was always a bit punchy with other male dogs. And we have one other male dog uh, yeah. who who is the dingo that we refer to from now and then. Um, yes. And um, he um, <clears throat> I come downstairs and there's like blood everywhere. Oh, Frank. And I'm like, holy crap. Uh, and I'm like, oh, my God. And he basically cut his paw and was had blood everywhere. So we took him to. Oh, like the emergency vet and he was really lethargic this guy and and like they were like yeah you gotta put him down yeah and we're like that sucks on christmas day i mean my yeah. grandmother my grandmother died on christmas day so like it's it's not it's weird how it kind of makes it bittersweet i, I, I yeah i should probably go to therapy for that but um um <laughs> so so anyway um so we ended up like, well, you know what? If we got to put him down, let's do the bucket list. Let's go. Let's go get him rotisserie chicken. We'll take him to his where he, when he used to go to dog parks, like his favorite dog park. And we kind of like did this whole like bucket list for 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 Tanner type thing. And yeah. um, he bounced back. Like it was like a Christmas miracle. Like he bounced back and like you nice. know, he um, he actually ended up dying uh, in March. He actually lived till March. Wow. which was kind of a, you know, kind of a, again, a bittersweet thing, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah. 
and then um and but like out of the blue uh our weimar honor um had a seizure in january and she died right so that was kind of like the start of the year and then the other dog died like uh a little bit later um and then i ended up changing jobs kind of in the middle of all this too which was kind of interesting um which was which was a good move like you know i i i love red hat red Hat has been very interesting and yeah over the past since 2021 um i've changed jobs a couple of times which was for the opportunity but um, yeah yeah (laughs) changing jobs it still has a certain amount of you know qualitative quantitative stress i don't know but there's a certain amount of like pressure and stress that comes with that and you know it wears on you like i don't know i don't explain it but it was kind of like um yeah but i i I think i made the right decision and and that's been kind of validated because as we kind of you know visit people for the holidays and stuff like that i've met people acquaintances and stuff like that some of which may be watching on linkedin who are just unhappy on their jobs right and and like i get it like i get the, the 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 need for homeostasis i understand that uh but if you're in a bad situation the bad situation is not going to change probably uh, on not. its own probably not right i mean it might but i mean but if you kind of play the dice on it like the odds of it changing spontaneously on its own are not in your favor right, right. so you know i would encourage anyone who's who's thinking about that to to really think it through and yep. you know figure out the cost of the misery that you stay in because because anything i've learned this year um is that it's not that time is money time is more important than money because yes. you can always make money back you can't ever get time back like this moment this today like you know we were going to stream yesterday right like so mm-hmm. uh but i took the kids to sky zone and i was like i'm never going to get this time back with them you know because the older one's already right. a teenager and he's already kind of like off doing his own thing half the time but i had their attention and I was like, you know what's good? You know, 24 hours isn't going to kill kill anyone. Um, so, so I would encourage folks to think about that. The cost of the misery and your time is is worth something. I do need a haircut, by the way. For the for those listening, for the for those listening and on the on the podcast, supposed to watching us, um, you are you are spared our awful hair. Um, yes, we have bad today. hair, bad hair, bad today, hair day, both of us. Um, but. Um, so then uh then i i went my first business trip for red hat which i think was my first business trip in like since the plague started uh so i actually flew i went to new york for like a day in march right uh and that's when i found out uh my uncle died so and he had died like a month before and for reasons that are outside the scope of this podcast like we we kind of lost touch so it's been like, you know, so, so in the last, like, you know, so my mom died last uh, Thanksgiving. Um, my uncle died sometime in January and I lost two dogs. Right. So that was kind of like the start of the year, but I did have a new job and I was really excited about the opportunity. And, um, you know, I just kind of marched on and, uh, and then the crazy thing is right. So, so, so if you look at like all the things, like the top stressors in your life, right. Some of them are, you know, having a new kid or, uh, you know, death in the family or, you know, or changing jobs. The yes, only thing, well, but that wasn't any, all. That <laughs> wasn't all because, you know, anything <laughs> worth doing is worth overdoing. And if you saw the, the pictures of my Christmas decorations for this house, which is the other thing I did this year was I actually bought my first house um, 
because our old house is owned by my wife, actually. Um, and that has to do with the fact that after 9-11, um, my credit was destroyed, like basically, yeah. like, because um, I could, you know, the job market was just awful. And um, yeah. it took me, so, you know, didn't buy my first house till I was in my 40s. So, you know. <laughs> right uh but you know what the the awesome thing about this house and i don't think i've shared this uh at least publicly right like so i grew up in a four-story walk-up uh in a in a in a very blue-collar lower income uh place and now this house is a four-story we don't have an elevator in the house so it's a four-story walk-up and i i did the measurement and uh, the block I grew up on, this I have a, a plot of land that is slightly bigger than that. My goodness. We're talking about 3.7 acres versus 3.99 acres, right? Like mm -hmm. That's kind of like the difference. Because the county yeah. thinks the, yeah. the plot size is one thing, and then the, 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 the real estate listing said something else, and then there was another third data point. So we're somewhere between 3.92 and 3.99999. So, but the county... And they're the one that pay that determines the taxes, so their their number is what actually counts. Gotcha. Um. <laughs> so you're living in a house right now on a plot mm -hmm. of land that is mm -hmm. larger than the block I grew, grew up, up on, on. Mm -hmm. and the That's building really is nice about the same me. size. And like for me, That's and it, here it gets better, Andy. It gets better, but wait, there's more. I'm channeling my inner Billy, Billy Mays. <laughs> but wait, there's more. The house was built in 2002. <laughs> okay which at my at point in my life in 2002, my life was an epic, I don't want to say it, but it was a certain type of show and it was a sugar honey iced tea show, right? Yeah. My life was in utter shambles. Like after 9-11, I lost my job. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the girlfriend left me and it was just like, it was just awful. Like it was like a country music song, except the dog didn't die. Like mm. it was like that. And, um, you know, and I never pick up truck. But other than that, but I mean, it was, but so, so, so like for me, like waking up in this house is a little reminder of stay in the fight, right? Like, yes. And keep pushing. Right. And it was, you know, it was, you know, um, and I'm glad we bought the house before the interest rates went crazy. So there's yep. that. And um, it was, uh, there's a long story that you probably don't want to go into, but there were a lot of, let's just call them coincidences. Yes. That happened back to back. You bought that house faster than I've ever heard of anyone buying a house. You found it technically mm -hmm. before it reached the market. Right. On St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, thing. it was. Yeah. And, and that's just a couple of the things. Right. There's way more. There's way more. We could, but it was. It was one um, of those things where I look back on it. Even when it was happening, I was like. You, you can, I can picture, and, and you and I both are people of faith. And for those that sure. aren't, you know, good on you, you know, live your life, whatever. But it was almost like sometimes I get so dense that the God was like doing the hello, McFly, hello, McFly, <laughs> this, this, this. Like there was just so many things that kind of came together to make this happen yeah. that uh, I'm convinced uh, that it was divine uh, intervention. Um, but I also know that there, there's the statistician data scientist in me is that, well, you know, theoretically, you know, coincidences can happen. Um, but you know, it is, we're both is. engineers. We don't, believe we're both engineers. That's right. That's right. But, um, so, so it was interesting because, you know, the, the house is really cool. The, the next level of stress was selling the old one in the midst of kind of, I wouldn't say a real estate crash because that hasn't happened yet here. But, um, you know, definitely a cooling market 
Yeah. Um, and the first real estate agent we had was, uh, I never thought I, I floating two mortgages is, is a stress that I don't recommend on anyone, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the midst of moving, the first time I've ever moved with kids. Right? right. So there was that whole emotional thing like, oh, the kids were born in this house, you know. Um, sure. And then but, school systems for them changing. School uh, systems for them uh, changing. Just a whole slew. Of which things. honestly was, which was the major driver for that. I mean, like, oh, okay. again, that's, that's a bit of a sidetrack, but like the, the yeah. way that the old school system handled the pandemic um, right. did not fill me with confidence, put that way. Uh, and they ended up firing the school superintendent. Oh, wow. And um, during, well, you know, pursue other interests. Um, sure, and sure. then the temporary one became the permanent one and gotcha. she seemed legit, but what she said didn't line up with her actions. And I'm like, gotcha. I know how, the, I know how this is going to play out. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I don't want any part of it. So, um, and you were right next to a County where that sort of shenanigans, uh, weren't, weren't, weren't happening. Well, two, technically it's like two or three counties away, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. Mm. So, um, Okay, I didn't realize. I thought it was closer. It, it's weird because there, there's a there's a point in Maryland. The shape of Maryland to begin with is very weird. And if you read, the, yeah. the, there's a really good book. Uh, how the states got their shapes. Oh, interesting. And okay. I think it's it's good for Americans to read, but I think it's also fascinating for uh, <laughs> Europeans, or, or 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 not. You know, anyone outside of North America to kind of understand like this is a yeah. weird setup. Like it is a weird setup, right? You have, you know, tiny States in the East and then big square States in the West. And then yeah. kind of like that. Um, it, um, it's, it, it explains it, but Maryland basically is kind of like has lost every single territorial dispute in court. Oh, no. Like in its life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there was actually, and it's interesting because some of the border disputes are still ongoing, believe it or not. Really? In the US. Like, I did yeah, not like, know like, that. Like the, the most famous one I remember is that when I was, uh, again, I grew up in New York, right? So yeah. um, one of the one of the famous ones was there was an argument over who owned Ellis Island. So I was going to say, I've heard arguments regarding islands off the and East Coast. Uh, there's some of those still ongoing. So, and all of this was driven by um not not for it was really driven by sales tax revenue right because when they opened when they when they refurbished ellis island turned it into a uh, museum mm. you know new jersey's looking at it and and the way the islands are set up it's like literally 50 feet from the shore from the from the new jersey jersey city shore like the jersey side yeah um and you're like and, and jersey was like wow a lot of tourists are going there getting a lot of uh money on that that <laughs> um and it turns out it's fascinating they get into this in the book um, because I, I kind of knew part of the details, right? Because there was there was also yeah. arguments about Statue of Liberty and things like that. So the way that the original charter was set up was that New Jersey, the the, the borderline of the state is halfway is the halfway point between the Hudson River. Now there's other borders in New Jersey, but the border I I care about because I grew up next to it is yeah. the side that faces New York City, and is the halfway point of the river. Which well, is isn't Ellis Island inside of that? It it is the inside. So that was always kind of like how that happened, right? Yeah. Um, but it turns out the original charter was any island in that body of water belongs to New York. So you've got an asterisk. We got an asterisk. Middle of the here's house. the line, but if it's an island, it belongs to New York, right? And that had probably mm. had to do realistically with the political pull that the Duke of York had 
over the Duke of Jersey. That that's probably what it was. I've got I've got you. That, I don't book, accept but, that. I don't think politics influences things like that, Frank. <laughs> Dude, we're not even done with that. Like it's like it's just interesting. So you, you look at all this political turmoil you're seeing now, and like, like yeah. oh, this is new. It's like eh, it's not really that new. We just had like uh, 30, 40 years of quiet. Um, mm, okay. Uh, but but one of the interesting is Maryland. Um, so at one point, now remember this goes back to the um, when the king determined. Uh, the the English king basically said, "Oh, you know, yeah, Andy, you've been a good subject. Uh, yeah, well, give me some land." And you'd be like, "Well, right. can I get some land here in, in the UK?" Nah, you're not that good of a friend. Why don't you just take like, I don't know, a million hectares or a million acres in the, the New World? And and you'd be like, "Well, well, thanks." You know, right? And so, long story short, um, cartography wasn't of the new world hadn't been really new settled yet work. and yeah, there were no yeah. satellite imagery so it turns out that uh both the the uh pennsylvania is easy to remember who got that right the penn family right sure. <laughs> um lord baltimore uh and another family crofton i forget um but anyway they got maryland but they were both promised the same land Oh. To the point where somebody with the with the Maryland charter could say Philadelphia belongs to us. My goodness! And somebody <clears throat> with the Pennsylvania charter could be like, uh, no, it belongs to us, and actually Baltimore too. <laughs> goodness! Right. So it was this really kind of contentious thing, and that is what started the Mason Dixon line. So they were two cartographers. Mason Dixon line has nothing to do with the borderline between North and South, although it became that later. Yeah. This was in the 1700s because it was settling a dispute because no one wanted to go and tell the king you're a freaking idiot or you hired doofus. It was basically like that, right? Like, you know, it's not like today where they're basically the, 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 the British royal families really doesn't have the political pull that they used to three, 400 years ago. And I know we have a lot of listeners in UK, so um, sorry if you found that offensive. <laughs> um, but, but basically, the like, king, back- well, the king had made an error. And he you know, had made maybe, an error, but no one wanted to tell him that he made an error. And see, I see the other side of this as mm-hmm. well, because you and I talk about uh, occasionally you going Jersey on something. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that trait hadn't also developed yet. That had not been developed. Because someone from, well, I'll just say this, not someone, I'll say you. When you mm-hmm. go Jersey on somebody, you will go tell a king. Or, oh, or I totally anybody that, I totally that they're they're being an idiot. Yeah. Yes. I might even use more colorful language that would jeopardize no. that would jeopardize our iTunes rating. Um <laughs> so ultimately what it was is that the the, the Penn family and um whoever was there were really two founding families in, in Maryland. Right. Uh right. one of them was the Lord Baltimore's family, and I forget what their last name was. It was like Croston Cross. Someone's going to correct me, but it's been a while since I've read the yeah. book. Anyway, uh, they basically said to each other, look, if we go to the king, look, we could duke it out, right? And the king's going to put yeah. a smack down on both of us. Right? right. Or we go to the king, we say, dude, you messed up, right? Right. Or right. we just say, pick a line. You get Philly. We get Baltimore. We walk away. No harm, no foul. And that's, who, that's how the, the, the funding of 
um, the Mason Dixon line came. It was two, one guy named Mason, one guy named Dixon, that they kind of drew the the straight line that is the northern border of Maryland. Okay. So, and then there was also another dispute between Virginia and Maryland because the charter said, hey, you know, uh, Maryland gets the, um, you know, whatever's north of the headwaters of the Potomac. Right. Right. And, but what they didn't know was, hey, somewhere, I think around Front Royal, it goes in two different directions, the headwaters. Oh. Right. So, and, um, Virginia's like, well, we want more land, right? Because land is money. Land is traditionally has meant money, and then that meant power. Sure. So we want more. Um, and um, reminds me of that quote from the Matrix from the Oracle. Like, same thing every man with money and power wants, or money and power. Um, <laughs> so so they basically, Maryland's like, no, 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 no. We want, they meant the southern headwater of the brand. Sure. And then Virginia's like, no, 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 no. Virginia won. Gotcha. And then apparently as recently as like the 60s or the 70s, the Delaware's charter gets really weird, right? That's why there's a circle <laughs> um, as part of it, and there's a line. But it turns out that um, um, the, the Earth is a sphere, turns out. And the way the charter was kind of determined that there was this wedge that if you base it on the original kind of laws, yeah, it could be Maryland. You could read the map one of three ways. Maryland gets it, Pennsylvania gets it, or Delaware gets it. And I think ultimately oh there was a court case and Maryland was like, eh, every fight we've lost. So, you know, we're <laughs> out of this. so basically we came between Pennsylvania and Delaware. I think Delaware ended up winning. Okay. But um, there's a fascinating like, whole rabbit trail you can go on on uh, yeah. called the, the wedge. And it was basically this wedge shape. And we're only talking like two, three square miles, right? So, my goodness. It wasn't like, but, but, um, so it was, it's fascinating kind of like how that works out. And, and yeah, I've how always. The states got their shape. And the states got their shapes. I don't know if it's an audiobook, okay. but, um, but it it would, definitely... I don't think that would work as well. You need the visuals. You need the visuals. Like, and there's this whole thing, like there's this whole preamble, like the thing that's like, you want to read this part because you're going to be reflected back to this, right? Cause it all kind of gotcha. they're, they're, like the border of Virginia, North Carolina is on uh, 39th parallel, whatever that is. Yeah. That's straight. Uh, that's straight. And there's a whole reason why that's straight. And you'll see that kind of come back in gotcha. the future and things like that. But, but again, we've, we've well, gone way down this rabbit hole. But that that's okay, because one of the things I'll just throw in and say one of the things that changed for me this year mm-hmm. is um, I've always been kind of a, you know, an amateur history weenie. Mm-hmm. And um, I started reading more uh, historical stuff. I've, I've um, And you know me, Frank, I read like, I have something like six to 12 books going at any given time. And I'll heat up on one and then put it aside and go do something else. Um, I did a lot of history reading. I, I did. Um, I'm in the middle of one on Patrick Henry. Oh, interesting. And what I what was fascinating about um, talk about someone who would give the king a what for? Well, for reals. Wow. And it was interesting because I remember way back. Now let's see how how old how long ago would that have been? It'd probably been about fifty years ago. I was in the fourth grade, and. I remember my teacher teaching us Virginia history in in the fourth grade back in 50 years ago. 
<clears throat> 72, I guess. <clears throat> and she said the oddest thing. And my memory latches on to a few odd things that happen, especially things that are kind of, and every decade or so I thought about this. What she said was, uh, Patrick Henry, of course, gave the give me liberty or give me death speech, which is credited largely with influencing um, and kind of being the thing that pushed us over the edge towards uh, revolution. Um, the quirk was when the Constitution was being circulated and kind of floated around the idea of it, Patrick Henry spoke against it. And I was always kind of, like I said, the little brain every, every decade or so would kind of float up to the top. And I don't know everything about why he was against it, but I was kind of focused on that. I wanted to know more about him, more about why he opposed that. Um, and I, I've learned enough to know, this is a crazy thought, that his concern, one of his concerns, probably his chief concern, was that the federal government would achieve more power and the states would lose power. I know, crazy, right? Never happened. <laughs> but it's uh, it's an interesting balance. And um, I see we have a question. So I see Kevin. Kevin has a question. Any digital health insights for CES 2023? You know, I'm going to jump in because I know Frank's got more thoughts on this. But mm -hmm. I'm just going to say I I would say you're probably going to see more AI. <laughs> That's like it's a day ending in Y. I know when you're listening to this, it's a day ending in one. Um, but I mean, I think I think one of the things, and before we got sidetracked into kind of me like uh, flexing yeah. on a new house, like flexing, that's me flexing, um, um, flexing on a new house is, um, you know, it was an inspira It was meant to be an inspirational message, and somehow we talked yes. about Maryland. Um, yes, I think we got into it because we were talking about this, if the shape of the shape of the state of Maryland is weird, the shape of the counties is even a little weirder. Right. Um, but, um, so, so we're in, we're at, even though we're 45 minutes away, we're two or th three, maybe four counties away, depending on how you wow. drive up. So on the drive back to the old house, I would pass through Howard County, Frederick County, and then Montgomery County. And then Carroll. So like it, and I, I think if there's another way I can probably add another one in too. Um, yeah, cool. but, um, that's how we ended up there. So sorry about that. that. So I would say, I would say, I think the interesting thing here is you know, health, digital health insights. I think, um, and we'll talk about this, maybe even do a live demo, Andy, um, of um, uh, chat GPT or some variant of it is yeah. going to, I think, play a bigger role in healthcare, right? So, so part of this is chat GPT. I know that they're keeping a, a tight wrap on it in terms of, you know, are they allowing an API access to it and things like that. Um, but how good that technology is, um, is alarmingly good. Like, I mean, yes. it, it came out while I was at reInvent and while I was at reInvent, I was still working on the slides, still working on presentations, still working on demos. So I was very heads down. And plus, when you're in Vegas, it's very hard to pay attention to the outside world because it's Vegas. You're in Vegas. Um, and <laughs> like, so I, I kept seeing like, you know, wow, you got to check out GP, chat GPT, chat GPT. So I'm like, whatever. And then I finally get stuck at the airport for a few hours. And I'm like, I start digging into it. And I'm like, this is, this is really good. This yeah. is like unbelievably good. Like, like 
looks really good. And 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 there was another uh, product that was out there. It was based, I think, it was based on um, Chat GP Chat GPT three. All these stupid names. Um, yes. And it was called TalkToTransformer.com. And it was basically you would ask it questions or you would prompt it, and it would produce some kind of output. Mm-hmm. And it was it wasn't always great, but it was uncanny. It was uncanny in how good it was. Right. But this chat GPT has 10 X that like to the point of ridiculousness. Um, and we'll talk about that. So I would say any digital health insights is that I would say that some kind of NLP is going to play a role in it. Right. Um, I don't know what that's going to be, but I think obviously AI is going to be part of this. I also think that you're probably going to see the first inklings of kind of ethics and AI in health tech kind of come up. And in a big way, yeah, I, I, because I think that there's if you look at the, the, the controversy around kind of what GPT does and GPT three is isn't it's not deep fakes. It's not producing images. It's just producing text. Right? right. Which on one, you know, speaking of Patrick Henry, right, it's a good segue. Right. Like, you right, know, right. Back in the day when he said, give me liberty or give me death. Right. There was no CNN. There was no Twitter. There was no live feeds. Right. He. Somebody wrote that down and spread that around, right? Yeah. Words, as the pen is mightier than the sword, right? That That is an old thing. That is not, you know, that, that's an, uh, I forget who originally coined that. It might have been Shakespeare. But it goes back that far. Which is to say that I think what has alarmed people more than deepfakes, more than anything else, is how good this can do and what this can do. To the point where you actually have the people who are controlling ChatGPT putting guardrails around yeah. uh, what it says, the most obvious being fossil fuels, right? Now, you could make the argument for or against fossil fuels, but I don't think we have the alternatives quite ready. But, you know, again, that's a debate for another day. The, um, the, the, the big problem isn't so much, and I've played with solar panels. I have a solar panel set up for kind of a small scale one. <clears throat> the number one problem is energy storage, right? Right. And, and it's just, you know, the fact of the matter is no matter what happens, the earth will spin and for anywhere between eight to 12 hours a day, depending on where you are, uh, could, could go completely the other way, right? 23 and one or whatever. Uh, the sun is not shining, right? There's a planet in the way, right? Yeah. And, and you have to, the, the challenge of solar is you have to overproduce during the sunlight hours and then store that energy somewhere for until the sun rises again and and that yeah oddly enough is, is is a problem that we're having a lot of trouble solving to the point where there's actually huge public works projects um and i see we kind of deviated again uh there's there's huge public works projects i think in tennessee it's got it's an energy storage mechanism and it's it's basically a lake so what they'll do <clears throat> and and there's variations on this there's a youtuber that does the whole thing where he built it himself um on his roof and um, he talks about it and like basically what it'll do is it will um, uh, during the sunlight hours um, uh, a solar panel a solar solar powered pump say that 10 times fast will fill up a reservoir somewhere high up and then at night it basically it's like a dam so they'll they'll do that they'll let it down and 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 that so far once you get to a certain scale is the most cost effective way of energy storage today right. Um, right. and one of the problems with fossil fuels and, and no one says this unfortunately right is the reason why um the reason why we're kind of stuck on them for the uh for, for a, a, a foreseeable time 
Hey, it's Rupesh. Hey, Rupesh. Um, is how effective they are at energy density. The energy density is just unreal. And so this guy goes through this whole thing where he builds this um, like 50 gallon drum, puts it on top of his house, like a three, four story building, had to like do all this extra engineering to support all that water. Right. And at the end of it, when he ran the numbers, he's like, because um, it was kind of like one of the things was like, well, why doesn't everybody have this? Here's why. It basically was the equivalent of energy storage of a AA battery. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the problem. If we solve the energy storage <clears throat> problem, that will open yep. up a lot of doors. So I think the, the big barrier is that. But But then again, again, like whether or not it's a good idea to censor that type of discussion is, is another debate but the fact that it can be That's done true. does alarm alarms me in terms of well who's pulling the strings because you know right. you, you could say whenever somebody writes something there's always gonna be some kind of bias in it right like so ai is doing that. i think one of the big problems is that we trust we trust ai a little too much right well the, you know you and i are old enough to remember when when adults around us would say well the computer can't be wrong right I don't know if you remember hearing that as a kid. I did. Well, the computer said this. You don't yeah. hear that as much anymore, right? But there still is this implicit trust of a computer would do it, or if it had to. Well, it, yeah, and kind of getting, kind of jumping back to Kevin's, sorry, a, uh, you know, question. That's okay. He was talking about image analysis, and you know, and I think that's a that's a spot where AI can, or absolutely, you know, any any kind of machine learning can help us a great deal. Um, I've. I have friends who have experienced that and, um, you know, where a human made a mistake. It was an honest mistake, but still a mistake. And it was incredibly dangerous uh, in this in this particular instance. So if, we, you know, as as we train machines to do a better job at image analysis, I think, Kevin, you're you're spot on. <clears throat> I expect. Uh, two things to come out of that, some bifurcation, and hopefully uh, there'll be uh, science applied in, you know, this crazy old idea of the scientific method and not the political uh, term that we now use when we say science. That's not just will... political, there's also money, right? <clears throat> That's like, true. Okay, political, financial um, um, stuff. And, and you know, I'm not, I'm not against people uh, making money and I'm not against people using politics for good. But uh, I, I guess the stories we hear about are not of those uh, two outcomes. But I think the, the stuff, Dan, you and I, Frank, got into a conversation about this. And we actually did a uh, test. I won't, I won't go in and share the, um, you know, the results of the test <laughs> because I don't think it was a good test. But I was playing it. with ChatGPT mm -hmm. and I asked it a question. I said, tell me how to do this thing. And it's a thing I know how to do. And the first thing that my first response was very much that mindset, the computer can't be wrong because I read it in my first response was I'm, I haven't heard of doing it that way. And so I didn't even know. So my first thought was it knows something that I don't, which is a possibility. And there is, possibility, it is a possibility. Right? And, you know, but, and, and then the more I, I kind of worked through the answer and, looked at the disclaimer on chat gpt it really doesn't do anything after 2021 right and what it said was inaccurate today let me just throw that out there and the other thing that was interesting about it is i don't think it understood the question i asked and which is totally that, reasonable to assume too. that could be me 
Right. And when I thought that's what I landed on, I didn't ask the question well enough. Right. And I could have, you know, what's nice about chat GPT is the context. It, it carries the context through the session, which so is I a non-trivial, which is a non-trivial problem, by the way. Very like, much so. So that's part of the creative part of it. Right. So there's that. Um, and so, Kevin, um, I'll just tell you, I'll skip to the end and then let Frank jump in on this. Because Frank made a very astute observation uh, about this. This was a conversation we had in the past week. And his astute observation was using AI like ChatGPT to augment yes. uh, human abilities. So this is where you're kind of drawing the line between uh, new automation and, you know, and common sense or human ability and all of that. It's a, a thing that... Um, that a few geeks that I know have written about in reference to the Mechanical Turk. And what we see is the line on the Mechanical Turk just keeps improving, but it doesn't do so exponentially and it doesn't always get it right. Yeah, I think, I think it's, you know, I think one of the problems is, is that there's a class of folks that were very smug and I would count myself if not the core of the community at the periphery of that community, right? Is gotcha. the idea that AI can't replace AI is going to replace the low skill jobs first. Right. Um, and you see that, right? Like, you know, when I was flying through uh, back from Vegas and I'm out of focus. Um, so if you're listening, uh, <laughs> maybe that is the premier experience. I don't know. Um, there was a, um, in Vegas somewhere, there was a bar where they had a robotic bartender, right? And then in SFO, there was a um, robotic uh, barista, right? Like, you know, so, so that does fit into the traditional model of, you know, uh, that, that type of work will be replaced first. But I think what ChatGPT has done, as well as kind of the DALI stuff, which image creation, yeah, has, I think, sent shockwaves through the creative community, right? Writers, artists, and things like that, who just assumed that that would be the last thing that AI would be able to do, right? Because we, we, you know, we, we yeah. think that creativity is a is a sole bastion, uh, or or is the sole domain of humans. Uh, which is, I'll it, I'll interject here, which is interesting mm -hmm. because for years uh, they've had algorithms doing what appeared to be creative work, right? But you would never see, say, a creative work being done and winning a, winning an award. Like I think it was at the Iowa State Fair. Was it some state fair somewhere? Somebody yeah. submitted an artwork that was done by uh, Dolly, and like everybody just like lost their minds, right? Like yeah. they they flipped that you know what out, and um, <clears throat> and um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure like what. So so it was funny because like about a year ago there was this notion of hey you know we're we're on the verge of an AI winter, like, you know. Innovations have slowed down, and da, 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 da. and and I said that I I was like, well, you know, quantum computing might save us, right? But here we go. Like, so this is something that I stumbled across, and I see we have questions. Um, yeah. um let's see. Um, so that that actually is a good question because I was wondering about it. So the question that Kevin had was, you know, when when will 2022 material be added to GPT-3? So I think this is going to yeah. be an ongoing improvement. Now, so, so when you train a transformer, one of the advantages of transformers is you don't have to train, you don't have to start from scratch. So what there's probably going to be is that periodically um, you'll have to train it on new material, 
right? So it works more like a transfer learning network than kind of like a traditional kind of, you know, you're not starting from zero. So I don't right. know when that'll be. I think that it's probably happening now, to be honest. They're just not telling us. Um, and, and I think they're trying to figure out how often do you update it? How often, um, and how much compute resources does that cost? That would be my guess is what they're working on now. Because a lot of data engineering goes into this um, when, when they create this. So this was um, um, probably not my best example of AI work. Oops. <laughs> um, probably need to delete this video now. <laughs> this is a live stream because <laughs> I showed an, uh, an accidental thing. Um, but um, um, this here is uh, a VQGAN. And this, is, this was kind of like the artwork I was playing with about a year ago, earlier into the year. And you'll see it's good and stuff like that, but there's a certain amount of coherence that it doesn't have. And right? this is Dali, right, Frank? This is not Dali. This is VQGAN. Oh. oh, okay. Sorry. So then Dali comes around and take a look at the improvement in terms of what I call coherence. I can't think of a better name for it. But look how coherent that is, right? Um, mm -hmm. Where is this? going to switch the you know like that looks like real if i if i put kind of i said monkey in a space suit before it would have had like monkeys and space and suits and stuff like i just don't think that the coherence <laughs> on this is so much is so much better now right right there's right. a certain amount of again coherence is the word i'm using the robot in stained class was the the theme for this one. I mean, look how look how much advance advances there's been in um, in this technology. Unreal, you know. Yeah. So the short of it is that um, the amount of the amount of uh, innovation in this space in such a short period of time. Yes. Um, we're definitely not in a winter. Uh, or if we were, we're, we're now in a spring. We're definitely and, in a heat wave. I think we're in a and, heat and wave. What, I mean, yeah, and Kevin, your point, explainable AI within mm -hmm. user input is making progress. And I think that's that was what Frank and I were sharing right. when we were chatting a couple of three days ago, is that there's there's definitely still a need for, for human input, but the advances being made in, in the topics uh, seems to be accelerating the ability of humans to, you know, at least provide a solution or offer uh, a path forward. And if we can, if we can do that acceleration, especially in things like, like you mentioned earlier about medical uh, stuff, uh, digital health, Anytime we can do acceleration in digital health, that's a win. Um, it gives us earlier detection. We're talking about biological, you know, processes, um, especially the negative uh, biological processes. So the earlier we catch something like that, the better. Um, and personally, I'm, and I'm not speaking for anybody else, mind you, but personally, I'm willing to tolerate a couple of false positives uh, in order to get uh, um sorry what are, I should I should 
like false negatives. No, well, I I'd rather get false positives. Yeah, yeah. I, I want the uh, you know, I'd rather it be wrong about bad news, and I'm willing to tolerate that in order to get is, it to be right earlier about bad news. That makes sense. exactly. But but I mean, this is the point. You want the human in the loop, mm. and that's something oh, that that absolutely. we can't get away from we shouldn't get away from right like and i think well if we do we're we're on track for skynet and you know uh, if we're lucky yeah that that plot was uh you know was a really um a really good guess at Mm -hmm. how ai would evolve and and even now you know um when you take the human out of the loop you're asking for trouble right well i also think that you know there's definitely like this uh, the augmentation of human ability Right. So like, yeah. you know, if we look at, um, let me, uh, let me see if I could share my screen again. Right. So, so this was kind of like, if you've seen my YouTube videos or you see my LinkedIn feed, I have a, a thing where I'll ask it a question, explain how to get started in AWS StageMaker, Right. And I put yeah. that through a couple of AI, other AI tools. And it came up with a complete script. So this is an example, right? I said, write a YouTube script reviewing the past year, which I bought a new house, moved, struggled to sell the old house. My uncle died, two dogs died, got a new Weimar on a puppy, fostered a homeless dog, changed jobs, and smoke it, spoke, smoke, spoke it, reinvent. Um, and like, I mean, it came up with a, a pretty solid thing. Yeah. And uh, it even does language translation. I, I even asked, like, how would you say in Arabic uh, quantum computer? And I was just curious, like, what would that look like? Yeah. Um, and yeah. even does this, right? So, so like there's, there's a whole, there's a whole thing here that like, just, I think that, I mean, if I get rated, if I got writer's block. Yeah. I could just be like, so here's an example, right? So I'm, I was writing something um, and I, and I had this grand plan of while I was on the cruise, I was going to do kind of the, um, you know, while I'm at sea in the tropics or whatever, it's the Hemingway thing, um, you know, I would write and like, whatever, whatever. Didn't happen, yeah. by the way. Um, but I kind of was like, I was trying to explain the plot of a movie and it was the 36 Chambers of Shaolin in a way that would make sense and coherent and be concise, which is, I've watched the movie like a hundred times. Like there's things I'll just say that I just take for granted. I asked ChatGPT right. to explain the plot. And in like four paragraphs, did a better job than me, right? Now I copied yeah, that yeah. text and I modified it, but I was really struggling with that. And that, it's, that broke through the thing. So I think that yeah. augmenting um, uh, that. Now, what's interesting, I'll get back to what Kevin asked, is I can, a friend of ours was recently hospitalized with cellulitis. So just for curiosity, I typed in, you know, what is cellulitis? And it gave the whole thing. And like, well, and then I said, you know, well, what causes it? Yeah. And and it gave me a whole list of things that cause it. Now, if I were to I would imagine at some point medical things will will be uh gated off, right? Because it's probably um what what Kevin's saying, the FDA, right? Um mm. I would be I would be if I were a lawyer, um I would be very um cautious about what I say about like, well, what is a certain disease? And I, I would imagine if I asked it, you know, do I have this, it would, um, um, it would potentially give me an answer of, um, you know, I can't answer that. Right. Cause if you ask Alexa, yeah. like a health related question, 
she will be like, eh. <laughs> Thank goodness WebMD is around. Um, but I mean, I think it's interesting. Like, how will regulations come to this? Because that's inevitable, right? Like, you know, yeah. You yeah. think of the Thanos thing, I am inevitable. Like, regulations is kind of like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So I, I wonder, I, I wonder, uh, he, he mentioned uh, digital health insights for, for CES. Uh, I would say what you're probably going to see is some kind of, uh, and we, we've had this, right? The you only virtual guy, like the, the, uh, the I think you're going to see kind of a, like a pocket therapist that's an app, right? That will be available 24 seven. And then maybe um, when an actual human can look at it, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll sign you, we'll say, you know, a therapist, Tom or Susie or, or whatever. And yeah. then like, you could talk to a virtual Tom or Susie uh, uh, anytime, day or night. That's an interesting thought because some of the early articles I saw when mm -hmm. Chat GPT first started getting publicity, I want to say it was like November, maybe October. Yeah, that's um, when I first started uh, seeing it, some of the early comparisons were to Eliza. Right. And Eliza you know, has had some, had an interesting approach. I mean, you discern, you pick out objects in a sentence or, and, and verbs, <clears throat> the things that aren't objects and you just reconstruct them, which is not trivial in and of itself. Right. Um, but it is very but, mechanical in that sense. It is. And chat GPT, what I noticed when I started, cause I've worked with Eliza before I played around with it. It's right. cool. But when I, I played around with chat GPT, the first thing I told you, Frank, was that it has a style. Yes. That was the first thing I noticed. It has a communication style. Right. And more recently, I've seen articles where professors or teachers are catching students using chat GPT. And that's going to probably be a response market is can you identify the style of chat GPT enough to say to a student, you know, did you at least ask the question? Did you ask ChatGP to, to do your homework? Right. And is there going to be a thing where you have to declare, like for that book, like, you know, the, the chapter I'm writing, like, should I, do I declare that I'm using ChatGPT? Um, which I probably will yeah. because it's about AI, right? So, right. I, I mean, I would. And it kind of, it's in, in that particular instance, it's a, it's a good thing. If you were writing a romance novel, um, you would lose at least one of those you know, one aspect of it being right, right, right. Well, yeah, yeah. there's a certain, but I, I do wonder, like, you know, what, what is the, you, you mentioned romance novels. What if you fed Chat GPT an entire, every romance novel ever written? Yeah. Like, you know, it would produce something in a style. Like, and, and here's another thing, right? Like, what if I mean, you've written a lot of books? You've written like 12 or 20. I don't know. I forget what the number nah, is. Yeah, I think it's four double digits. <clears throat> yes. Um, what if we took all your books, fed it into a chat GPT, all your blog posts? It'd probably yeah. break it. Uh, probably. <laughs> well, there was, there was, you know, there's so she, Frank's world, 25 years. Well, well not, yeah, not minus, really. Only yes. since 2017. <laughs> Thanks, Clear DB, for clearing me out. Um, but that was an important lesson. Like, you know, like, <clears throat> but that's, a, that's yeah. another sidetrack. But I mean, um, could you, and how would that, if, if you're able to do that, how does that fit into another topic we've talked about on the podcast with virtual people who have passed away, right? Can right, you, that, well, you know, would, how does this feed into that? 
see and it's been know. interesting because there's been so many family members that have died uh mm-hmm. for me like there's a number of t- yesterday right i was this guy's zone with the kids and you know yeah. managed to get the two of them together smiling which apparently that's <laughs> more, more difficult than i would have anticipated well they're boys you have to and they're boys right yeah, right yes, um sure. you know and i took a picture and i was like oh, i gotta send this to my mom oh i can't yeah now i know i, I know like even if i did have say a virtual representation of her yeah that would probably hit a few dopamine centers in my brain but it just would not i don't know for me that's just a bridge too far for my thing like i know i could send it to her but in a sense we do this right so so, so here's yeah. another kind of angle right like i know my mom would be proud if i sent her that picture right so in my mind right. i have a virtual model of my mom right that sounds really weird um but like in my mind but when someone passes on you're like oh i bet you know you're you know so-and-so would love to see this like or so-and-so would be proud that is a virtual model that kind of does exist inside of our imaginations is this really so different i don't know like i i I mean i i can definitely see differences yeah but it does it it is like you said earlier a bridge too far it gets over into uncanny it is in the if it's there and and is it you know, they, I think the question is, is there value there? Um, and I think for, for some people there for is. A I think, soul, and I agree. I agree with that. For some, and I there, think it's, there is. I think for some people it is. I think for some people that is very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. I do see the potential for abuse of that. Yep. Because what if, let's just say, we'll pick on Jeff, pick on Jeff Bezos, right? He's got enough money. He'll wipe his tears with $100 bills. Um, right. Well, what if Alexa had that skill, right? You know, what if it said, you know, my mom would call me Frankie. No, she's listening. Uh, I don't know if you heard it, but she, I, I activated it. <laughs> I didn't hear but, it. But it'd be like, you know, if I, it, it, she'd say, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, check out this, you know, what would you do, mom, in this situation? And, you know, what if she said, well, Frankie, I would do this. Oh, and by the way, you know, toothpaste is on sale. Would you like to order it? Like, that would be... That's more than one bridge too far. I mean, that's yeah. I, but but like, what would stop somebody from doing that? Aside from 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 you know the the boundaries of good taste, and even then, well, and, like yeah. Well, you and I have seen you know we've lived through enough of uh, uh, sci-fi movies as they've evolved to see them tracking and then you know extend you know kind of extending the idea. Um, uh, of of this whole advertising driven future you know right. I think about the um is the minority the, report the minority report was mm-hmm. one um gosh, for some reason uh do electric sheep do android's dream of electric sheep that movie what was that they made it remade it recently uh um, arnold schwarzenegger one th- there was that one yeah th- that's a different one but this was the one about the androids that had we're trying Altered to stay carbon. That was one too, but this was different. I can't remember it. I, I'm, I can't believe I'm zo- so. Um, it's the you know, it's the last Friday of the I'm year. Zoning. Yeah. I'm zoning. <laughs> I'm gonna feel so silly when I listen to this again. I'm gonna scream at the screen. You'll be like, like, ah! yes. But when, um, um, Harrison Ford played in the original. Oh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Thank you. Yes. That was based on, I believe, do androids dream of electric sheep, but I still remember I think the books because I read the books. Well, what's interesting about um, Philip K. Book, Philip K. Dick books is that the same story has inspired different movies. 
Yes. Like I think Johnny Paycheck was it, was it Paycheck? Not Johnny Paycheck. Paycheck. Paycheck was. It was just called Paycheck, I think. There was one story that spawned Total Recall and I think Paycheck. I think. I think. Or. Well, I'll tell you this Total Recall. Yeah, you're right. The Total mm -hmm. Recall story, though, was actually made differently it was a, it was interpreted differently and that's right that's that. what it was and then there and was then another they made one the remade one which was closer to the original story oh really oh interesting mm -hmm. i didn't know that i like the original of that one though because i i did too i don't i mean both of them were were yeah. good but yeah and i see that a lot you know i'll read a book and i'll enjoy it and i'll go they'll make a movie out of it and i'll watch the movie and go i enjoy that too even though they're different and i i see the benefit of staying close to some uh, writing and then i see the benefit of kind of you know changing some things although i will say as much as i love both the expanse books and the expanse series i was disappointed with a couple of the changes that they made i don't want to spoil really? it for anybody i yeah. thought that was extremely faithful but yeah alex's <laughs> character is the yeah, one that, that 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 is yeah 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 that, i was like what that was <laughs> why where are you was, going <laughs> yeah 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 that was kind of i think related to what the actor had done off screen as opposed to uh oh i didn't i wasn't aware of that he so was killed off because uh well yeah i just i spoiled it but, but we can but talk the, about the it actor all. had gotten himself into some trouble shall we say gotcha and, okay well now um, that makes sense um but what you know speaking of picking on jeff bezos um yes i saw lord of the rings i couldn't or the rings of power yes i couldn't get past five minutes of it because it was just disappointing and the whole time i'm watching it i think this, this might also be a cautionary tale where's the billion dollar moment like where's the billion dollar moment and and for me i i maybe i was salty because i'm like they cut the expanse off at season six and there's yeah. at least four more seasons of material at least yeah yeah um, i i didn't watch it but i heard people complain about it I'm enough like, you spent a billion like, dollars on this, but you couldn't like give the expanse like the full treatment. Yeah. That was really like, and I'm like, when I saw there's a scene where it looks like from a, a cut scene from a video game from like 2005. Oh, wow. And I'm like, granted, it's only like, um, you know, maybe a second, but that yeah. just really kind of ruined it for me. Like, you know what? I watched it now. Because I just because I, I was already going in salty. I'm like, they spent a billion dollars on this. Yeah. And whenever you start a movie or a story where there's like narration and they're kind of giving you the backstory, there's yeah. a school of thought. And I've studied. I don't know, I'm, I'm not Stanley Kubrick. Right. But I, I, I did spend a time where I had a midlife crisis and I'm like, I want to be a filmmaker. Right. Um, I did study storytelling and things like that and storytelling mm -hmm. techniques and things like that. Film Riot is the best YouTube channel for that sort of thing. Um, but, um, uh, and I'm far from, you know, dude, I drive a Honda, right? So like, clearly I'm not like Michael Bay or whatever, but, but if you have to start off particularly in a movie, you have two hours to tell a story, give or take some time. But if you're doing like a mini series where you have effectively somewhere between 10 to 20 hours, if you mm -hmm. start off the story with a, a voiceover narration and they're going over the history of how you got to this point, mm that was my first like really like yeah and they spent it was a good two minute intro of like you know well this happened and i'm not yeah. a big tolkien fan so i'll put that out there right so i'm not i i, I don't i i know roughly what an orc is and i know what this is and then yeah and that but like 
I don't know it well enough to do that, but I'm I'm like I'm hearing names and they're saying, and then I know I'm totally gonna get hate mail for this, right? So so so, so this is what I remember, right? So you know, then blah 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 land, and he took all the trolls, and then they got swords, and and then they made the brotherhood of this, and you know, who the blank are these people? Why should I pick? <laughs> right? And there's yeah. this whole school of thought, like you know, you, what's it? You you show don't tell, like. And, right. And given that, given that cinema or, or or whatever you want to call streaming, it's a visual medium. It seemed yeah. like, again, the whole time I'm thinking, dude, you had a billion dollars. You couldn't find a, like the best writers on the freaking planet. You couldn't use Chat GPT. Like, you know, like. Well, like, I don't think it was out. <laughs> I'll say but, that. But you know what I mean? Defense, but, and I, and in their defense too, I'll say defense, it may have but, made sense later if you just stuck. It might have made sense later. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, but and, but I mean like. I don't know. And, like and, maybe and people I respect mm -hmm. who I would say you know share a level of Tolkien fandom that I do mm -hmm. um said to me two two actually said if you watch it and try not to get distracted by stuff that bothers you whatever that may be and they had each of them had op opposing lists it was very interesting listening mm -hmm. to these these opinions they said if you stay like on the core on what Tolkien wrote that it was a good series. And I found that interesting because these people are diametrically opposed politically interesting. and they, they like Tolkien. Uh, they enjoy Tolkien's writing. So I don't have and, enough of, I don't have enough Tolkien kind of skin in the game to make it worth it. I was yeah. just watching for kind of like the, you know, what does a billion dollar production look like? Like what are the VFX? You know, I, yeah, and I heard that a lot, and especially, uh, and you know, I I follow Expanse stuff, which right. is um, it it appears over for now. I don't know if the writers are going to do any more with that or not. I um, hope that, and I don't want to give too much away from the books. Yeah, is that yeah. in the story there is a significant time gap? Yes, I hope they would. They could fill that with another number of books. I would say. Well, the, all the short stories, each one of those short stories is a good story in of itself. Like, you know, like, um, like True. Uh, if you've seen season six, the, yeah. the, the two Strange threads dogs. in the story, Strange Dogs, is part of <laughs> right. it. And right. it's just kind of like, and if you haven't read the books, people watching, they're like, who is this kid? Right. Why do we care? Like, what does this matter? Well, it turns out right. it matters quite a bit. Particularly, you just don't see the rest of that. Story. Well, you don't see and it. that actually like, is a launch of a whole big part of the second half Absolutely. that hasn't been made into a show um yeah yeah i would love to see what they would do with the with the end uh, of the official series i haven't read which end, and i'll which admit end, end which end end well so I, I need to qualify that i didn't read the collection of short stories which had one more oh uh, i didn't read that new yeah. one i have not read that so uh, there's, Stevie has there's an epilogue to in one of the actual books Yes, which was and, and the I think it was book. What was the last official book it, before I, the last anthology? I think it was nine. Yeah. That was that epilogue was that's the one I want to see. I just that yeah, would that would be cool mind. just to see like and like that was the one that was like a punch to the gut because you're like, you know, you're reading and you're like, you know, because it's such a, an epic series and I haven't read all the books. Like I've kind of done the island hopping of the books and oh, okay, okay. Um, but I'm reading like the last section and I'm like, well, it's kind of sad to see this end. And then they cut to kind of the epilogue, and you're like, I didn't see that coming. Like, yeah, like, me either. I mean, like, in retrospect, I'm like, 
then that's good writing, right? In retrospect, you right. see the foreshadowing, you see all that. You're like, that's good writing. Yes. Which is very once rare. you think about it, once you've right. read the entire thing, right? Because it's back it, and it's why like, can't oh, that happen? Yeah. Like, why can't right, that right. happen? Like, you know, that I don't want to say anymore. Great, great but... writing. I don't think, um, anyway, we've gosh, we've gone down the path and we're almost at an hour and 10 minutes. I know. Um, I want to, I want to cut it short, uh, but okay. I want to say, give a big shout out to Rupesh. Yeah. Hey, Rupesh. And uh, he is correct that uh, storage is the big problem for renewables. It, it can be. I have a joke that I can't share about storage because it's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, ironically, I've been talking this whole time, right? And it was about my year in review. But, but this whole yeah. idea of doing a podcast episode about a year in review was inspired by a blog post on your blog, AndyLeonard.blog. I just, yeah, I just recorded a couple of highlights. I I think last year I did something with stats about blog post hits and stuff like that. And I just wasn't, wasn't into it. I just wanted to kind of roll through and talk about um, kind of life in general, business in general stuff. And it was a, a recovering year, I'll say, business-wise. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, it's interesting. I am, Frank, I will be... Uh, Lord willing, if I make it to July 24th, I will be 60 years old in 2023. Wow. And it, I don't feel 60 years old. I, I feel like, a, I don't know, I feel half that age. Um, physically now, yeah, there's some, there's some cracks in that vision. Uh, <laughs> vision being one of the cracks. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a, a kind of interesting to look back at the, at the review and kind of see, um, some patterns repeating themselves. Um, I've been in tech since I was 12, really 11. They ended my 11, you know, right before I turned 12. That's, that's 49 years, you know, wow. coming up in May, it will be 49 years. Wow. That's a long time. And I wasn't like making a living doing it. It was a hobby until the nineties. And then I kind of switched into to doing that. So looking at the years and the, and the jumps, uh, in this, I definitely see things like chat, B, chat GPT has that feel about it. And yeah, it's an emotional thing for me, but about once a decade, I see something bust out. And so far, uh, I, I've had the same feeling about it, that that's right. going to be cool. If somebody asked me to articulate it, that's the best I can do. That's right. going to be cool. And it's, I don't, I'm not a visionary. If I was, I could make a bajillion dollars off of it, but I can see somebody's going to take that and run with it. And AI, machine learning, um, all of the things we talked about earlier. Um, I like, uh, Kevin, I like that term, explainable AI. Frank, I like, aug you know, AI for augmentation or augmenting. Those are, um, are great terms. And there's already videos out on YouTube about businesses you could start and and some businesses and that have already started. They already started, like Lenza. I always like when I <laughs> right. saw Lenza, I was like, "How are they doing it? Did they do their own thing?" Nope, they actually had some wrapper around it, and I was like, "They're running." Um, what is the thing? Um, uh, they're running Dolly, I think, or Stable uh, Diffusion. No, it is Stable Diffusion. Yeah, they're running. I gotta stable turn my diffusion. camera off for a second. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right, I'm but back. they're uh, but they're doing Stable Diffusion and just using one of the. Yeah. It's crazy. algorithms, I think, like magic or something like that. Um, Midjourney, maybe I don't know. There's like a dozen of them, but like they they basically yeah. create an app that's a wrapper around all of this stuff, 
and they they, they charge you 10, 10 bucks, bucks a pop like yeah. i was like i was almost gonna sign up but what stopped me was oddly enough the privacy aspect like what are they doing the pictures in there like, so i was yeah. like i was like eh, yeah. i'm gonna hold off on that right but now i know that they're yeah. using mid-journey or stable out to watch the video again i'll just do it myself i actually it, it inspired me you've been sending me ai art for gosh a year, a year and a half now, right yeah <clears throat> yeah at least and and I've been like, eh, I don't have a powerful enough machine. I know you you complained about that until you you built another machine uh, mm-hmm. just for that, and the rendering speed went crazy high. Um, I started looking at a video about how to set up uh, Stable Diffusion mm-hmm. uh, locally, and this five-year-old ThinkPad it, at least meets the minimum requirements. Now, imagine it'll, you know, I'll push the go button, and it's going to run for weeks or something, but... I can't believe not, that. It, but not even that, though. Like, been. you can use, like, you can use the cloud. I mean, Google Colab You can. Yeah, if you're not worried about decent... the privacy. Right. Well, yeah. You got me there. But which now is a good I'm segue. Curious. Which is a good segue. It is. Good segue. The product that um, I have, Red Hat OpenShift Data Science. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, it's based on OpenShift, right? So it's all data science tools, right? And this was not, this is an incidental commercial. Like, we didn't plan on a. Um, no, no. but we actually have an on-prem version now, right? So you can run it today in the AWS marketplace. Nice. You can run it very soon in Azure, but, uh, as of January 3rd, uh, you'll be able to purchase an on-prem version, Nice. which, um, which is interesting because StageMaker, Azure ML, they're all based on Jupyter Notebooks, right? They're all some flavor of, uh, of that yeah. open source tech and, Red Hat OpenShift Data Science or Rhodes is 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 a is a product that will that can run anywhere OpenShift runs. So AWS, Azure, GCP, uh, or on prem or at the edge. So to nice. your point, privacy is 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 a big hot button issue for a lot of customers. A lot of customers like, sure. you know, they they you know, I would get inquiries at least once a week from customers. Um, uh, like, hey, you know, can we train the model like on prem, but or can we train the model in the cloud, but leave um, the data on prem? I was like, mm, that that doesn't exist yet. Now yeah. there are some research things where they can kind of uh, anonymize even further, anonymize data. Yeah, but but that what you're asking to do is a paradox, right? Like I need to train on this data, but right. you can't see the data. That I won't say that problem will never be solved, but it's not going to happen soon. Well, I, you've heard me talk about a client that I did work for a few years ago that was had a very similar request, mm-hmm. and it was we it was up along that same lines, anonymizing data. I understood the use case, I got mm-hmm. it, and I had to gently explain why it wasn't possible. Right, and this was just straight up BI. You know, this wasn't any AI type thing at all. It was just regular analytics which you know statistical it's kind of the underlying pieces and parts of of uh, machine learning and all of that stuff but we were doing something very basic and if you do not have enough information to discriminate uh source data points then you you can't do the work and there's some generic stuff you can do over that but you can't correlate that back to real life and it becomes it becomes an issue when you don't have enough data to count the data points. <laughs> that's, yeah. 
That's an important well, number. The count. Well, exactly. No, it's, it's an interesting <laughs> thing, and I think you're going to see more of that in 2023 in terms of the, yeah. the, the demand for explainable AI, like Kevin said. And yeah, um, no, it's a great term. Uh, we're going to have to give you credit for that, Kevin. Uh, that's a that's a great term. But but I mean that's that's going to be crucial in uh, in a lot of fields in terms of ethics and yeah. anti bias and things <laughs> like that. And I also think that the augmentation aspect of it, right? So if you look at kind of I and there was another there was another youtuber that was talking about this i think i think she was an artist and uh like an actual honest to god artist like paintbrushes and all right and her comparison was when photoshop first came out or illustrate all the digital tools yeah. um there was a lot of in the art world not that art world not big capital a capital w art world there was a lot of pushback from kind of uh, the art world uh lowercase yeah. um about you know is that art is that this eventually fair question eventually it became accepted and yeah. her point of view was that this is the same here um in the idea that you know you can you know if i if i type in you know you know you know dachshund you know dachshunds in the style of you know dachshund portrait in the style of vincent van gogh you know clearly yeah. i can't i when I, I can't claim that's a van gogh original right uh, yeah because clearly uh or or um i'll pick a modern example right like you know um uh, a ferrari in <laughs> the style of vincent van gogh on a right. starry night clearly that is not an original um yeah. but also too you know there, there's the thought of you know if the model has been trained on van gogh's work right um should van gogh's estate or family or whoever owns the rights to it if anyone owns the rights to it should they right. get a cut should they get a cut and that that's actually i think a court case now is that there's some pop artist i forget who it was but who who somebody's producing artwork that it looks a lot like uh her style i forget her name yeah yeah and she's like that's not fair and i get it i get it I totally understand her point. However, the same thing, if I were a human and I were, well, if I were a human, that's funny. That's, that's my Mark Zuckerberg moment there. Um, you gave you, uh, now you've told everybody you're actually from another planet. Um, right, right. Um, Mark Zuckerberg said, if I were a human, oh, wait, I am. Anyway, um, I just need a Hawaiian Island. Like, just like he has done good. I won't ask for much. Just like, why not? I call myself. Um, the um, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, oh I'm sorry, Frank. No, that's okay. Um, but 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 if, if say I Keith Haring is, is an artist. I remember big in New York City in the '90s, in the late '80s, mm -hmm. like very popular guy. If I draw something in his style, yeah, right. what does that make me right do i yeah. do i owe his estate do i owe his family or whoever owns his rights do i owe them a cut now i suppose if i go and i like you know publish artwork and print up t-shirts with stuff like that mm -hmm. you could make the case that maybe he needs a royalty but but can you trademark a style i don't know like i'm not uh it's an interesting thought yeah i don't know the answer to that either and i think there's more to come on this from us and others I look forward to it, to, you know, more clarification, more tech. Um, Here's my prediction for the see. future. What's your prediction, Frank? Lawyers are going to make a lot of money. Ah, 
that's that sounds fair. Yeah. Always been on lawyers. That's true. Well, Frank, this has been a great end of the year. This has been awesome. 2022 is a good, good season for uh, a good year for data driven and impact. We put out the traffic got we got out yeah. and the streaming that we're doing and, and i look forward yeah. to doing more in 2023 i will say the one disappointment is that the data channel is not and this is i would say 90 percent on me it's not it's it's um yeah. but i think <laughs> i want to i want to reevaluate offline uh what our sure. strategy is going to be for the data channel and kind of other related yeah. properties yeah we're I think we're kind of learning as we go with that, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, figure well, you know, out. even Disney's having trouble with streaming. So <laughs> they got, well, I was going to say they got a lot of money. They used to have a lot of money. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks Kevin for tuning in. Thank thanks you, for Pesh. Thanks for our anonymous LinkedIn user. I pronounced it yes. right this time and um, you know, happy new year to you. Happy new year to everyone. And we'll see you next year. And I got all the outro graphics. Any, uh, any parting thoughts? No, sir. Thanks. All right. I will say one last thing. Go to thedatadrivenbook.com. Oh, definitely. Start yeah. off a reading habit in the new year. I will tell you this. No exaggeration. When I went from reading like maybe 10, 15 books a year, which the average American leads, reads one or less per year, according to Grant Cardone. I don't know where you got his statistics. Wow. But when I read, I thought I was, I thought I was Mac and like I was the Mac daddy when I was doing 10 to 15 a year. But I noticed when I when I made the commitment based on a challenge from Grant Cardone um, to go to one fifty books a year, there's a quantum shift, right? There's like this 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 exponential yeah. boost because you'll you'll hear something in one book if you're listening to it, and then you'll you'll see something on the news or read an article and you're like, you know what? I see a connection here. Yep. And I think just like GPT, just like GPT three. The more input data you have, the better the quality output model. So, so true. Go to thedatadrivenbook.com or listen. Or listen. Yes. And with that, I will end the stream because this has been particularly long. Thanks for tuning in. And I'll let the nice British lady end the, end the show. See, I put a little plug in there for Bailey. Cool. All right. Andy, uh, if I don't talk to you, but I know I will talk to you, have a good New Year's. You too, brother. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to more goodness in the new year. You know what would be good? You rating and reviewing our podcast wherever you listen to us. Thanks and Happy New Year.